This program is brought to you by Abiding Above Ministries. Well, take God's Word and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. The title of this message is Our God Who Comforts. Our God Who Comforts. Many people think that once a person becomes a Christian that there will be no more problems. Well, a lot of times you begin to have problems when you become a Christian. Some people uh, get the difference between your standing in Christ and your state uh, mixed up. They think, well, I'm a Christian now. I shouldn't get sick anymore. My sins are covered on the blood and bad health is covered on the blood. That's not what the Bible teaches. And so the Bible teaches us that there will be problems in life. We have many examples from Scripture that reveal to us that God's choicest saints, if you want to call anyone a choice saint, but those men and women that God seemed to use in a remarkable way, they too had problems. You can look back in Christian history also and see men and women who went through hard times because it's just happened for them like that in life. Before Jesus Christ was crucified, he told his disciples that he would send a comforter. He said, I'm going to send you another. I'm going to send you a helper. We know him as the Holy Spirit. He comes alongside. He's the paraclete. And Jesus said he would send him. Well, why did Jesus need to send a comforter if everything was going to be wonderful for his children? He sent us a comforter, the Holy Spirit, because he knew what we were up against. He knew what would happen in life. And so Jesus knew these things and said that he would not leave us as orphans, that he would send a comforter, a helper to live in us and live his life through us. Now, this message tonight is a message for those times in the Christian life that are simply hard. All of you have had hard times. Talked to someone just a few moments ago who had the hard time of losing a grandchild. That's hard to fathom losing a child. Sometimes heaven seems silent. And this message is for those times when it's just plain hard and heaven seems silent. The title of this message is Our God who comforts. Let's read in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I just want to look at a couple of verses here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I'll begin reading in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Number one, God comforts us in our pain. God comforts us in our pain. Notice, who comforts us in all of our troubles, our tribulations. So, It's not saying that for the child of God, that God takes away your pain. It doesn't say that God takes away the trouble. 
But what it's saying here in this passage specifically is right in the midst of it, God comforts you. He doesn't fix it necessarily. He doesn't make it go away. He doesn't make it disappear. He says, I'll comfort you in this while you're going through it. It's like the two footprints in the sand going down the beach. You keep watching, and eventually there's just one. We know what that means. At some point, one carries another. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. He said, I'll give you rest. How do you get that rest? It's when there's one set of footprints. It's not that the pain goes away necessarily, but I will comfort you in the pain with my comfort. That's what he's saying here. And so you got to think about what comfort means. Well, feeling comfortable, we all like that. Uh, kind of like walking out here the other night, uh, I told Kelly, I said, the, the breeze just feels balmy, kind of like uh, Destin, Florida. I said, let's just go to Destin. Because just sometimes just the breeze can have that balmy, tropical feel, and it's just comforting. I tell you, the most comfortable you can be is when you've been swimming all day long or playing in the ocean, and you go in and you get cleaned up, and you just lay back and you just relax. The most comforting, relaxing for some reason for me, is after I've been swimming. That's just comfortable. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. That's not what God's saying in His Word here. He's talking about a comfort that comes from within inside by the Holy Spirit. It has nothing to do with your environment. It has nothing to do with whether you have a pillow under your head. He's talking about another kind of comfort. You know, you can feel very comfortable when all the circumstances are right. But being comforted is another matter. Being comforted is a fact based on the comforter, not on circumstances. How could Corey Ten Boone go through what she went through in those concentration camps, but say, I rested in him. I was comforted by him. The only way you can explain that is she was indwelt by the Holy Spirit, who is the comforter. So the comforter, we read in John chapter 14, verses 16 through 18, Jesus said this, he said, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth that the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Now, when you go through a hard time as a child of God, Most of the time, God doesn't take the hard time away. He brings you comfort in the hard time. How does He do that? Does He do that by making your circumstances and surrounding comfortable? No. He comforts you by the Comforter, who is the Holy Spirit, who lives in you. Now, what are some characteristics of the Comforter? One is this. The Comforter is permanently in your life. Back in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit will come upon the saints of old and anoint them for service. But He didn't live inside of them. We live in a new day. We live in the church age. We live in a time after the cross where the Holy Spirit literally lives inside of a child of God. And so one of the characteristics of this comforter who comforts you in the pain is that He is permanently in your life. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says, 
Let your manner of life be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know what that means? If you are a child of God, the Comforter lives in you. He's never going to leave. Why? Because the Bible tells us so, right? He is there to stay. He's permanently in you, comforting you in the pain. A second characteristic of the Comforter is this. The Comforter is the protector of your life. Hebrews 13, 6 says, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear. What shall man do to me? And so, you can know this. Not only does the Comforter comfort you in the pain that you experience, knowing that He is permanently in you, but He is also the protector of your life. No matter, you may be fearful of what someone might do to you, especially if you watch TV, what they're predicting for the upcoming election, rioting on the streets, especially in the big cities. You may be fearful, but you know what? Even in that, God is with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He's your comforter. He's with you permanently. He is the protector of your life. Robert Murray McShane, really a young man, died before he turned 30. He said this. He said, what matter in eternity the slight awkwardness in time? What we go through now, it may seem like an eternity, but the truth is this, compared to eternity, what you're experiencing in time is not even this long. It's but a vapor, James says. The comforter is permanently in you. He's the protector of your life. And he is also, he soothes your life. He soothes your life. And so, how does He soothe our life? Well, with tenderness and gentleness, like a mother. You say, really now? Well, Isaiah 66, 13 says this, As one whom his mother comforts, so will I comfort you. I don't know what kind of mother you had, but I know what kind I had, and I know what kind of most mothers are. They can comfort you better than dad. A woman is made to nurture. A woman is made to comfort and quieten the fears. And what he's saying is this, a characteristic of the Holy Spirit, he soothes your soul. He comforts you like a mother. But also, he soothes your soul or your life. He does it through the Scriptures. You read the Scriptures, and God does something very special. I never will forget Dr. Rogers telling us about what it was like when he and Miss Joyce lost Philip, their elder son, to crib death. He just passed away in the bed, in the baby bed. And Adrian said, he said, I was outside. I think he said he was walking to his car, and he just heard Joyce with that kind of a sound that he said, I knew it was bad when I heard it. And when I ran back in, we found our little Philip had gone to be with the Lord. And he said, we were in such shock that we just sat there by the bed. And he said, I reached over and got a Bible. And he said, I just opened the Bible. And he said, 
I just looked down, and he said, this is what I read. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And he said, you know what happened with the rest of our life? He said, I've lost count of how many women my wife has comforted who lost a baby to crib death. She became known as the go-to person for many ministers' wives when that would happen across the United States. So what God does, God doesn't necessarily take away the pain or, or the tribulation or the trial, but He, if you'll allow Him, He will comfort you in the process by the comforter who's in you, the Holy Spirit. And then one day God will use you to comfort others, not in your own power and strength, but by that same Holy Spirit in you. God will use you to comfort other people. So the comforter soothes your life. Uh, He does this with tenderness and gentleness like a mother. He does this through Scripture as you search the Scripture when you're in turmoil or when you're in pain. He also does it through hymns. If you're a person who goes to church, And uh, you like the old hymns? All of us love the old hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. Don't we love that one? You know why that man was able to write that song? It's because he went through a very, very tough time. H.G. Spafford, a Chicago lawyer, sent his wife and four daughters to Europe in 1874 on a passenger steamer. He was too busy to go at the time, but he intended to follow later. In the mid-ocean, the steamer collided with a sailboat, and the four girls drowned. But a sailor discovered Miss Stafford floating and rescued her. She cabled to her husband from the shore, saved alone. Dwight L. Moody, the famous evangelist, he left his meetings in Edinburgh, Scotland, to comfort the family. He was greatly pleased that they were able to say, It is well. The will of God be done. From that experience, Mr. Spafford wrote the hymn, It is well with my soul, to commemorate his children's tragic death. For years, this hymn has been used to comfort others with the comfort received from the Lord. So Spafford, if he could, he would have said, I wish I could just start all over and and get my girls off that boat, but I can't. They're gone. They've drowned. They're in heaven. So his soul was in turmoil, but he was a godly man. And the comforter who lived in him didn't take away the experience. It happened. What happened was the comforter, the Holy Spirit, soothed his soul through the process. And he was able to pen that old hymn that we all love so much. Think about how many people have been comforted by it is well with my soul. 
because of the tragic deaths of this man's wife. People have been singing that for a long time now. And many people have found peace. When peace, like a river, attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say. It is well, it is well with my soul. You notice what he said? Whatever my lot. In other words, I can't get out of this. You've taught me to say, God, it is well, it is well with my soul. Chuck Swindoll said, brokenness attracts brokenness. A person who's gone through something like this, they attract other people who are struggling and they feel broken inside. Brokenness attracts brokenness. Listen. As children of God, I don't know what you've been through. All of us have been through hard times. Some of us have been through harder times than others. But listen to me carefully. It's for God's purposes that we can't understand. Be careful not to get angry at God. It sneaks up on you. You become angry and you don't realize it. But what you're doing is you're resisting what has come your way. And you can become angry with God not realizing uh, that you have. And so we see that when God comforts us in the pain, not taking us out of the pain, He comforts us in the pain. With that same comfort, God will use us to comfort other people, just like He did with Spafford, the Chicago lawyer, just what, like He's done with some of you. So the first thing we've talked about here is this, that God comforts us in our pain. Second thing is this, God teaches us in our pain. You learn more about who God is when you go through hard times unless you become angry with God and begin to resist Him. And so, what did it say in verse 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1? It says that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. You say... Chris, exactly how does God teach us when we go through a hard time? How does He teach us? Well, sometimes the pain that we're going through, maybe it's tribulation, maybe it's some kind of trouble, but if you'll be deathly honest with yourself, listen, if you're honest with yourselves, you have to say, I brought it on myself. You have to admit, I have brought this on myself. Sometimes we bring it upon ourselves. You say, what do you mean? If you lack discipline in your life, whether it's discipline to learn, instead of just being lazy and not moving forward and and just kind of holding back and taking the easy way, and you, you were not disciplined in your learning, you probably got held back in life. Why? Because you weren't qualified to do what you were capable of doing. And so you say, well, it's like my whole life has been one disaster after another. I just don't fit in anywhere. Listen, it's not God beating you up. You can't blame it on society. My friend, sometimes because of lack of discipline and learning, we hold back opportunities that we would have had. Not only that, in your body. If you lack discipline of your body, you may begin to fall apart at a lot earlier age. We're all going to fall apart at some point. But if you don't take care of your body, Uh, you say, well, y'all just pray for me. 
Well, the reason maybe you have some major problems in your body is because really you didn't take care of yourself. You can't blame that on Satan. You can't blame it on others. You have to say, you know what? I just ate too many honey buns with melted butter over the top. That's because I like those. Hostess. And you know what? If my, my wife will tell you that if I fall apart, it's my own fault. But see, sometimes we go through pain, and God teaches us in our pain that I should have been more disciplined in learning to move forward. I should have been more disciplined with my body. I should have been more disciplined with my finances. How many people have gotten themselves into a financial bind, and they want to be bailed out, and the bottom line is this, if they had only not let their emotions control them, they would have a nice nest egg for emergencies. But they squandered it. That pain is not punishment from God. What you sow is what? It's what comes up. It's what you reap. So don't think that God's beating you up. He beat up Jesus on the cross in your place. But I can tell you this, in your pain, whether it's how you've spent your time growing up as far as your education, what you've done with your body that you may have problems now because of the way you've lived and how you've eaten and no exercise or finances, how you've planned, engaged your money. Some of the pain that you have may be the fact that you brought it on yourself. And you know what? The pain teaches the lesson. It's not God up in heaven with a furrowed brow and a bullwhip waiting to whip you. God loves you. But God is allowing you to learn a lesson. You take a, a little boy and, and you put his hand toward the fire and he starts drawing it back. Why? Because the fire will burn you. It's hot. You learn a lesson by getting burnt. It's the same thing in life. Sometimes pain is God teaching us a lesson, but it's not his punishment. It's not that he's down on you. It's just a fact of life. And so God teaches us in our pain. And sometimes we bring it upon ourselves, this pain. God may be correcting us. Teaching us, yes. Correcting us, yes. Hebrews 12, verse 6 says, For whom the Lord loves, He chastens. That is, He disciplines. Listen, when God disciplines His children, listen to me carefully, He's not paying you back for wrong done. He's training you the same way you put braces on teeth to make them grow straight. God chastens you, trains you, child training, so that you grow straight spiritually. He's not paying you back. You did this, I'm going to bust your bottom. You do that, I'm going to bust your tail. I mean, he's not doing that. We do that as people, but God's not doing that. Why? All of that was placed upon Jesus Christ on the cross. He's training you and me. So God teaches us in our pain. Sometimes we bring the pain upon ourselves. Sometimes it may be God correcting us. So uh, we'll learn to respond to problems in a biblical way. In other words, when God teaches us, it causes us to learn to respond to problems in a biblical way. Hebrews 5.8 says, Though he were a son, talking about Jesus, yet learned he obedience by the things which he, what? Suffered. You mean Jesus suffered? Mm -hmm. Jesus never sinned. He sure didn't. But the Bible says that he suffered. The Bible also says that he grew in stature and what? Wisdom. He came up just like you and I came up. 
grew in stature and wisdom, and he suffered the same way we suffered in many ways. And so, God would have us to learn to respond to problems in a biblical way instead of a self-centered way. So what I'm saying is this. When you go through pain, yes, God is your comforter. Uh, He comforts us. He's a God of comfort. But He's also teaching us in our pain. And when we go through a pain, it shouldn't be so much that you're trying to get relief as you're thinking, what am I going to learn through this? That should be the goal. So another thing here is this. God teaches us so we will learn that the end result is what we should be looking forward to. Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, listen, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so we go through these things and God teaches us so that we'll learn that the end result is what we should be looking forward to. Another way God teaches us, the reason He teaches us in pain, is so we will learn that God's highest good will come as a result of our pain. In other words, like I've said many, many times, I don't even know where I got this from some old preacher somewhere, I'm sure. Nothing can get to God's sheep unless it comes through the shepherd. Nothing gets to the sheep unless it comes to the shepherd. If you're saying, Chris, I'm hurting, God will comfort you in that hurt. Not only will God comfort you in it, God will teach you in that hurt. It hasn't escaped God's notice. God knows right where you are, right what you feel, how long it'll last. He knows every bit of that. It's for a purpose that you can't see now, but you will see it eventually. And so the end result is what we should be looking for. And we'll learn that God's highest good will come as a result of our pain. Paul said in Romans 8, 28 and 29, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. You know what? What you and I go through, any kind of pain, whether it's relational pain, financial pain, physical pain, um, whatever, opportunities, job, whatever. Trust God to comfort you in the pain. And then say, okay, God, I know you're not beating me up, but you may be uh, chastening me, maybe training me here. God, what would you have me to learn about me through this pain? God, I don't want to let this go to waste because your word teaches me that God will use this somehow for my good and his glory. I wished it would go away. Please, Lord, take it away. But if you don't, Lord, just comfort me in the midst of it. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to allow you to comfort me in the midst of it. And I'm going to learn from it. And somehow I know God's going to use what's going on with me in the lives of someone else. And then God would have us to learn to speak through our life and testimony to comfort other people. What did he say again in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4? He says, talking about God, who comforts us 
in all, not some, all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble, notice, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. You know what that's saying? Who is the comforter? The Holy Spirit. When you're in pain and difficulty, who comforts you? The Holy Spirit. When you've come through this and you're with someone who's going through pain and hurt, the Holy Spirit, who's the comforter within you, will use you to comfort others by the power of His Holy Spirit. Can you imagine a local church that operated that way? It would be very comforting. It would be wonderful. You see, our comfort is the Holy Spirit. And the comfort for other people from us will still be that same Holy Spirit. You've been listening to Abiding Above Ministries with Chris Hodges. If you would like Chris to speak at your church or event, please go to our website, abidingabove.org. God bless you and make you a blessing.